secret agent man secret agent man they've given you a number and taken away your name hello welcome to the quarter to three games podcast for mid-august 2017 my name is tom chick and my game of the week isn't saints row four this is Nick Diamond, and my game of the week is not Troll and I. And I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not Saints Row 1. Wow, going way back. Oh. Um, Did your protagonist talk in Saints Row 2, or that wasn't until 3? Is that the one where he finally said a line at the end of the game? Uh, I can't remember. It's been a long time. Yeah, I'm so glad we're past this protagonist thing for the most part. I remember one of my favorite bits ever was the singing along to Sublime at the beginning. Was it Saints Row 3 that you do that in? Yeah, that's 3. That I am awesome. bummed that there's no singing along in Agents of Mayhem. Like, that we've missed that because there's no licensed music, so there's nothing for them to sing along to. Wow, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so am I the only Agents of Mayhem staunch, rabid, vehement defender on this podcast? Are you guys all in that eh, seven out of seven to nine camp? No, I really like it. Okay. Uh, I like it. I'm probably the lower of the two of you. <gasps> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I can't I, wait to play more. Yeah, me too. But like, people have heard me burbling on enough and i did a review so nick what are what makes you less enthusiastic than <laughs> me? how can i put that nick what's your overall assessment here we go nick what is your problem that you don't like agents of mayhem as much as i do there, i am a all. communist well i am a dirty not, communist mm, that makes a, a lot of sense yeah at least you're not a fascist i'll grant you that right well <laughs> all right so being a communist you should love that uh, yeti slash oleg is in there Dude, yeti is the best Oh, so good. Oh, my God. I hate Yeti. I hate what? him so much. No, you're lying. You're just saying that to get a him. rise out of me. And Why do you? I really do. What? You know, Hollywood is the one you hate. Why would you hate Yeti? Yeah, I just, Hollywood's pretty hateable. I, I, the character himself I'm fine with. I I hate using Yeti's powers. I'm really? so bad. Oh, well, no one. Yeah, you do not appreciate one of the best tanks and crowd control characters in the game. Yeah, his oh. special is fantastic. Oh, I'm so terrible at him. I, it's, it, the, uh, the mission to acquire him, the one where uh, you're running around in the little Legion base yeah. um, a, as an escaped prisoner, yeah. I must have died five times in that mission. Nick, are you like <laughs> – are you, when you shoot his gun, are you just tapping the button expecting a bullet to come out? You realize no. it's like a flamethrower. You hold the button no, down. Yeah. Right. You hose. You hose the enemy. I know. I know. Just think of it like you're bukkakiing them. Just go I, crazy. I, I, I die so much with him. I die so much with him. And here's my nitpick. Uh-huh. In the little movie, he says that his name is Cold Warrior, which I think is an awesome G.I. Joe slash comic book name for oh. a guy that shoots ice. Right. And then at the end of it, he goes, oh, yeah, my name's Yeti. And I'm like, wait, what happened to Cold Warrior? I'll tell you what happened to Cold Warrior. The wall in Berlin came down in 89. So it, therefore, his name was obsoleted. It's like calling – it's like Captain America calling himself World War II soldier. World, <laughs> World War II war. Yeah, update your name already. 
Okay, okay. Now, have you guys gotten to the Oleg ties from Saints Row yet? No. Okay, sorry. No. But, I mean, it says his name is Oleg if you read his uh, his little profile in there. Oh, funny. Conversations with Pierce later on and stuff. Um, so, uh, all right, so... so yeah, I'm I'm just over the moon with this thing. It's one of my favorite games in a long time. I'm absolutely insanely in love with it. Uh, Nick, come with me. Get on. It's a cult, basically. Join the cult with me. <laughs> I can tell you're tempted. Yeah, no, I'm. I yeah, okay. So here's the deal. I no, you're the reaper. I want to like it a lot. Uh-huh. I love the switch out mechanic. Uh huh. Um, I, I think it's just a mental hump you got to get over and realize that it's like switching out a weapon or a power set. Mm-hmm. I hate the city so much. Why do you hate Korea? Especially now that Korea is in danger. It's relevant to the news. <laughs> Support Korea, not hate on it. What's your deal? Oh, it's so bland. It feels so bland to me. Now, I, I actually completely understand that because it is uh, – Basically, Volition is no rock star when it comes to creating worlds. Um, but don't you think part of the problem is that they, they're not relying on like real-world places with real-world landmarks, so they've got a bit of a unique challenge trying to make it stand out? Like, for instance, do you feel Crackdown did any better? Mm, or, or any no. Sci-fi, near-future-y open world? Yeah, the, um, I, I can't think of one offhand. I I, part of the problem with a lot of the, I, I think, near future open world type games is they reuse so many assets uh, and they all go down this same road with this white and glass and rounded corner look. Um, when you compared it to Brink, I was like, oh, yeah, he has a point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It re- I mean, Brink, if you subtract any of the poor slummy areas of Brink. There is a middle class area in Agents of <laughs> Got a lot of shops and less, smaller houses. Less less rounded buildings. <laughs> uh, I I also think it partly comes down to uh, like how much you've played. And I'm not doing a oh you haven't played enough. I'm basically doing a I've played way too much. Uh, because like I am fam- like I get the sense of that smaller commercial area. I know that there's the built-up area with all the new construction uh, in one corner of the map, as opposed to the just skyscrapers without the new construction in the other corner of the map. There's the planetarium. There's that drained yeah. river. Uh, like I definitely have a sense for the city, not necessarily because they've done a great job giving it personality, just because they've distinguished they, – they've put enough distinguishing visual markers that I kind of know where I am after playing so much is that I'm used to it. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's a – you know, like I said, they're no rock star. Uh, it's, it's a fair complaint. Yeah. Uh, I also felt that way. I used to dread the Legion bases, Legion layers. Uh, what are you guys' feelings on those? Because, you know, it's it's just the same hallways. It's a couple of different rooms that they that recur. Uh, I don't dread them for a reason I'll tell you about in a minute. But is that bothering you guys? That every time you go down in a Legion lair, uh, it's just random hallways and rooms strung together. Not really. I kill everything and go to the next one. That's how <laughs> I roll. <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't been bothered by it yet. Um, I, nah. I I could see maybe later it getting a little uh, grading, but for right now, nah, it's fine. Yeah. You know, the one thing I can imagine about this game is if, like, you jumped into it and just played, like, an hour, you would think this is the worst game. 
Right, right. You're just with the starting three agents, and you're like, oh, Hollywood. Like that first mission's oh my pretty, God. pretty rotten. It really is. Like it's like Hollywood is the worst, and it's like all about him. <laughs> so, now like, I have a theory about this though, and it's going to tie into. We're going to have a a courtroom session later. My theory is that they intentionally save some of the cooler agents for later is that they're kind of front loading even though fortune's pretty awesome uh, and i use hard tech a lot but they're kind of front loading the genericish ones they're like saving the really cool weird agents where you go wow look at the variety in this cool. game they're saving that for for the second and third round maybe yeah but to be fair there's only one not that cool agent in hollywood i mean and he's not that bad i understand he's kind of a joke i mean he's like right. the face man you know he's like this ridiculous over the top like obnoxious character and like some of his like i've done one of his side missions it was pretty funny yeah. you know the the uh the one like you're riding around and the crazy stalker fan is like driving all of your vehicular sidekicks around or whatever that one's pretty funny uh and i also like, find mcmaster once you pointed out how to get those uh, downloadable skins to install. Yeah. I've got him now decked out like Iron Man. Like you said, he's yeah. dressed as Tony Stark, so it kind of makes sense that he would be smarmy and wisecracking. Yeah, that's uh, what the skin I'm using for him too, is that yeah. Iron Man one. Uh, real quick though, I do want to explain the thing about the Legion layers that it bothered me at first. They were just random rooms strung together and it is would get it? old. I am now finding that it gets better the more ga the game goes along because what those layers are, first of all, they occur at very important parts of the game, especially if you're doing the global operations, which you should be because the elite Legion tech is freaking awesome for reasons that I'll let you guys discover. Uh, but you don't get it until you've cleared out the global ops, and a lot of times a barricade to progressing in global ops is, hey, do this Legion layer mission. Uh, yeah. What they are is each room is a little discrete, randomly rolled up challenge, and some of them are, yeah, kill everyone. Others are not kill everyone. Others just hack this panel and then yeah. run into the next room or just kill this leader and run into the next room. And as you go through the game and unlock more enemy types, because I really feel the combat model in this game is every bit as hardy as Diablo's in terms of how all the different combat stuff interacts. Once you unlock more enemy types, the kinds of challenges that each room poses based on what enemies are spawning uh, feel distinct. Uh, so I find as more distinct pieces get unlocked, uh, these rooms with their varying challenges, uh, they, they mix it up a lot. I just kind of assumed it was somewhat like a roguelike that they were just kind of thrown together, you know, like randomized a bit and yeah. kind of, you know, I mean, that's yeah, I, what it seems like. I, I think, like, by the third one I had entered into, it, it, it kind of became clear, oh, oh, okay, these are, these are copy-paste assets, and then, you know, everything's arranged kind of procedurally, and you're just supposed to kind of fight around in the environment. Exactly. But again, be willing to just run through like the moment. If, if you want to farm enemies for experience, do that in the open world. Yeah, uh, by the really, captains and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The way they escalate is really cool, mm -hmm. and you can do it in, a, in an area advantageous to you. Uh, in these, it's perfectly viable to just run through some of the rooms to hack something and then get to the next room, I think. Uh, so I've been, I've been thinking of them as things that you run through rather than rooms you have to clear out, which I think makes it a little, a little bit more palatable. Um, so to, to test <laughs> yeah. my theory that they're saving the better characters for last, uh, do you guys both have uh, Scheherazade unlocked yet? That 
Mm, oh, Rama? No. I'm, wait. Is no. That, no. You, no. You might no, not. No. All right. This is going to be a little bit dirty pool. She's the last one you unlock. You have to, uh, I think, beat the second. But I'm not real clear the progression of characters. But once you, when you start, you have a spread of characters you can unlock. Then you hit a yeah. threshold and you got the second set of characters. Then you hit a threshold and you've got Shahrazad. Uh, so. She is obviously the best character in the game, but for some reason, Nick Diamond doesn't understand that yet. So, McMaster, I need you to be an arbitrator between me and Nick. We're each going to tell you something about our favorite character, and you have to decide who wins that round. First one to, to win three rounds is vindicated. So, Nick, who do you have to go up against Scheherazade and why? Well, you know what? Save the why, because those might be making your cases. Who do you have to go up against Shahrazad? So my pick is Daisy. Huh. All right. So start us off. What's one reason that McMaster should rule in Daisy's favor instead of Shahrazad's? So Daisy is a starts out as a typical minigun wielding tank. But then you discover that the other half of her power set is that she becomes a super fast, almost flashlight character where she steamrolls people with her roller derby skills. That's pretty good. That is very good. And uh, I've been encouraged that you should watch the TV series Glow if you like uh, Daisy. No, glorious ladies of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So my cool. counter Okay, so fine. Daisy can do that. Scheherazade, on the other hand, can manipulate space. Uh, For instance, uh, she can throw – she has the longest range of engagement of any character in the game, but she also has the shortest range of engagement. Whereas Daisy varies. She hangs back with her minigun and shoots people, and then her heat builds up, and then she drives into them. Scheherazade can throw her sword at anyone far beyond the range of Daisy's minigun, a sniper, way across the map, for instance. And when the sword hits, Scheherazade teleports to the location of the sword, and then you just spam the sword button, and she kills everyone in the area. So she is the ultimate combo of long range and short range, and I I would say even better than Daisy. Um, McMaster, what say you? Uh, uh, Rollerblading or manipulating space? Well… I gotta go with the roller derby, man. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool, you know. I mean, space is kind of played out a little bit, you know. <laughs> Just saying. All right, <laughs> all right. Well, then I'll start with my next one. Let's see. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Do I want? Uh, all right. Shahrazad's name is really hard to spell, uh, so so you have to look it up. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I don't even know if I'm doing it right, but it's something I have to think about. Like, I have to concentrate. There was a, um, a magic card named Shahrazad. It was in Arabian Nights, one of the first. Uh, this is the first expansion. Um, or, no, or is it Legends? This is one of the two. I can't remember. Shahrazad is the real. She's the she's the one telling the tales of a thousand and one nights to the right. king before, so that he doesn't kill her. Like she's a, she's an actual uh, character from uh, Middle Eastern or Arabic lore. Right, but because the word is hard to spell and hard to pronounce, and you have to think about it, it makes you smarter. Mm. Daisy, on the other hand, is just a dumb word. It makes you dumber. Mm. All right, Nick, how do you count that? All right, okay. yeah. 
All right. Um, so, yeah, you're right. Daisy's name is is pretty simple, um, and she does actually wear a daisy in her hair. So that's, you know, kind of on the nose literal. Mm-hmm. But here's my case. Daisy is an alcoholic rockabilly riot girl mm-hmm. whose catchphrase is talk to the clam and she has an idle animation where she air humps her minigun. Oh, man, I feel like... Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> Hot. It's kind like, of my why, reaction as well. Yeah. Why would you go with the with spelling? Why would you go? <laughs> well, I didn't know. He, I didn't know he was going to counter with that. I did not know that that Nick was going to roll out the nuclear option so quickly. I mean, obviously Daisy. <laughs> yeah. yeah All right, right. Well, this this ties into it then. <laughs> Shahrazad is. Uh, she's. It just says she's Middle Eastern. I don't know if that means Arabic. She could be Persian. Uh, but she is a ninja. Like that's her class. She's a chick. Uh, she's as multicultural as you can get. The a Trump travel ban would hit Shahrazad quicker than you could say Admiral McMaster. She would be banned from coming to this country. Daisy, on the other hand, she probably voted for Trump. Ooh. Well, that seems a little harsh. I wow. Don't think she doesn't look like, Daisy doesn't really look like a Trump voter to me. No, she's from, she's from Chicago. She drinks beer. She's a redneck. She's definitely a redneck. She's the type of character who would vote for Trump. Because Trump got that weird – She's that also weird, an empowered lady. Trump got that weird right. white women vote. Like that That was one of those weird statistics is you would Not think – you, you thought you, – you think that uh, white women were going to turn out for Hillary Clinton. Nope. White women turned out for, for Donald Trump. And yeah, Daisy, of all the characters in Agents of Mayhem, <laughs> Daisy is the most likely to have voted for Trump. I like this impassioned plea of Wait, yours. Wait, not Braddock? No, because she's – no, because I don't think the military – Dude, the military, obviously. Come on. Anybody in the military is going to have more of a she's chance. A, Braddock is a minority woman. She's a lesbian, by the way. Uh, uh, yeah. I doubt Braddock would vote for Trump. Like – it depends on does her military personality or her sexual orientation, like which drives her to vote more strongly. And I would guess her love for Friday would uh, be a more important factor than her service. I could be wrong. But at any rate, I do oh, feel well. Daisy is the most likely – if you were to look at Agents of Mayhem as a cross-section of the world and pick out, okay, which one's most likely to support Trump? Easily Daisy. She's from the heartland. She is totally a redneck. She's a, a, a loudmouth swearing broad. Uh, she probably admires Trump for his, quote, plain spokenness. Oh, my God. Wow. Just saying. This is, this is getting dirty. Yeah, Tom what happened? upset. <laughs> it depends on how you feel about Donald Trump. You guys might be okay with it. I don't want to project any of my political. Oh, my God. Here, here it comes. God, he's, he's his claws are out. <laughs> hey, Lord! Master, rule accordingly. This is this is up to you. Hey, nope. I haven't even heard his point yet. You've been railing so hard. <laughs> I I rolled out Daisy's air hump minigun, and you flipped out, man. I rolled that out a second time. That I I vote that his comments be struck from the record. <laughs> I mean, uh, sustained, I guess. I mean, you know. Actually, you don't uh, vote, sorry, Nick. A, you don't vote in a court. I I uh, whatever you do in a court. Uh, I called for a vote, but whatever it is you're supposed to say in a court, that's what I meant to say. I'm going to hold you in contempt pretty soon, so let's, right. let's calm that down, counselor. <laughs> <laughs>
Jesus, I don't even know what to say. Nick, would you like to go ahead with your point? All right. The only thing I've got, it's the uh, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm pulling out the gun from the you know the holdout pistol basically from the ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, one of Daisy's unlockable cosmetic outfits is Wonder Daisy, which turns her into a Linda Carter on rollerblades. Oh, that's kind of hot, but I tell you what, I'm gonna give this one to Tom because I'm scared. Ah! <laughs> I'm he afraid knows. he's gonna show up at my house. Yeah. He's so angry. <laughs> in, true, in, in true ninja style, like Shahrazad, I will flip the f out. Yeah. <laughs> so All angry. Right. So it's two to one. Let's calm this down now. Let's let cooler heads prevail. <laughs> Nick, what do you got in support of Daisy? Okay. This could be this could be point. This could be the game point. All right. Daisy, her first mission in the game is basically a recreation of Dude, where's my car? Oh, I was thinking Hangover, but yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right, Tom, what's your point? There? All right, let's see. You know how normally when you're playing a game and you can cloak, you can turn invisible, right? Like it's sort of awesome to be invisible, but it sucks that as soon as you attack, you get like uncloaked and then you've blown it. So sure. the cloaking only lasts for a little bit. And this goes all the way back to like if you're a kid and you play D&D, you get that great invisibility spell. Oh, sure. But the mm-hmm. moment you attack an orc, you do a roll to hit, okay, you've lost your invisibility. That sucks. So invisibility is never as cool as it is like in Hollow Man, for instance, the Kevin Bacon classic. Oh it, my really God. Wasn't, it really wasn't that cool in Hollow Man either. Probably a bad example. Uh, the Invisible Man starring Claude Rains is what I meant to say. All right, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. However, Daisy, because because like Rama, her little control key uh, movement thing is she she cloaks, she turns invisible. But Rama turns invisible briefly, and if she attacks anyone during that invisibility, she uncloaks. When Shahrazad gets her mayhem ability, it is. Permanent – well, not permanent. As long as her mayhem lasts, invisibility. She can attack freely, recloak. She stays invisible. She just flips out and does her teleport attack all over the place, and as soon as she attacks, she's invisible again. So it's the invisibility spell you always wanted. Wait. Can I can I throw out the air hump minigun thing again? Nope. That, Dang I, it! I Come vote on, that, that comment be stricken from the uh, record. Uh, sure. Why not? Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I guess point Tom, you know, sweet. So now, I mean, it it comes down to the wire here, gentlemen. I almost blew it with the hollow man thing. I forgot that there's a weird rapey scene in hollow man. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to point that out, but I figured I'd just let it go. You could have gone with the, uh, you could have gone with the hot Chevy chase version of the invisible man. Oh, tale uh, memoirs of invisible man. Right. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) Oh yeah. Obviously. (laughs) I've never seen the Claude Rains one because I'm not over 80. Like, I don't know those grandpa movies. I don't think I've actually seen that either. I actually know that from – what's that song? There's some song that has a lyric about Claude Rains and the Invisible Man. That's the only reason I know of Uh, That's a Rocky Horror Picture show. Exactly, right. That's the only reason I know that The science fiction double feature? Yes. Thank you, McMaster. Thank you. Of of course I know that. I I actually love Rocky Horror Picture shows. Hey, hey, Nick. Nick, do you see how I'm currying favor with the judge? This is horrible. (laughs) All right, so let's see. For the last, because this is we game point. Shoot. Uh, I'm kind of running low, so I'll have to go with 
she has daggers that can summon black holes. Like, it's kind of like a power. Like, she throws a dagger, and it sucks all the bad guys into one place. I mean, they just get sucked into one place, but the fictional excuse for it is uh, it's a black hole. I mean, you don't really see a black hole or anything, but it's supposed to be a black hole. So the narrative is she throws a dagger, and it makes black holes. There. All right, I like that kind of questioning. I'm just going by the flavor text. Black holes? <laughs> well, I expected when I slotted the gadget, I was like, oh, sweet. This is going to be some – it's going to like suck in all kinds of debris from around. And No, it just kind of pulls – I'm undercutting my case, so I'm going to shut up and let Nick go. That's probably for the best. <laughs> uh, let's see. Daisy has a power called Kick Out the Jams. Um. That lets her uh, basically zoom around and slam into people with uh, extra damage. And when it runs out, she grabs her crotch and thrusts it in victory. I don't know. This is actually tougher than I expected, this one. Uh, Because black holes are kind of cool. And uh, so is just hitting people. So it's hard to pick for me. how about that's uh, that's really something I never thought I'd say either. Um, but um, jeez, oh, come I mean, on, you what? know what's right, man. Oh God, I point to Nick, I guess. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, it's like it was tough though because the black holes thing is pretty slick. Maybe if you hadn't started with spelling that one time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Crotch thrusting is hard. Daisy is so wonderful, though. Like I love, yeah. I, I love the fact of a, a a chunky, just big, muscular, loud, raucous, uncouth woman. Like she is so, she's like a trucker chick. Like I love Daisy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But still, you guys haven't unlocked Shahrazad though. You'll see. The Shahrazad combat is, I, I think, among some of the best stuff that uh, Volition is doing in this game. Uh, I, I would never leave home without Shahrazad. You'll, you'll uh, see. Yeah. yeah, I haven't gotten to her yet. So, uh, all right. So, McMaster, Agents of Mayhem led you to reinstall Freedom Force. How does that hold up? <laughs> it's pretty great still, you know. Uh, it, it first, it, it takes like a couple of minutes to get used to the interface, but it's really not that old. Uh, they have like a, a bunch of pretty normal kind of controls to it. So, it actually holds up pretty well. The animation's great, so... You know, other than you just low poly and some of the 3D stuff, you know, all the uh, like other stuff is like, yeah, it's 1920 by 1080. So that's. Now I seem to recall. Can't you? Isn't there a great uh, agent creation or agent superhero creation? Yeah. Thing where you just combine powers by spending points and just like you can make your own superhero, right? Yeah, you can make your own heroes and recruit them, or you can just use whatever uh, you know the game created. And now are you playing the first one or uh, Freedom Force versus the Third Reich? Uh, right now I'm playing the first one. Um, and man, that game's so freaking awesome. I don't know why you wouldn't come out against the Third Reich, McMaster. I don't know why you're taking so long to denounce the Third Reich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting to – I'm going to get a jump on it and denounce the Fourth Reich. <laughs> a pre-denunciation. Good work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, all Reichs are bad. <laughs> Uh, I, a political animal. He, he's going to get out in front of everything before it happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Oh, nice yeah. work. 
Uh, I have also gone back to a little bit of uh, Marvel Heroes Online, which has a console version called Marvel Heroes Omega, uh-huh. uh, which is streamlined or dumbed down depending on who you talk to. Uh, and it, there's all that Marvel licensing in there, which is kind of cool, but it doesn't have – like I, I forgot that – the licensing is all based on you having feelings about these characters already. There, it does yeah. none of the work that Freedom Force or Agents of Mayhem does to cultivate an affection or to make you learn or feel a certain way about the characters. It's just like, here it is. Spider-Man. You know oh. him. You love him. Play your Spider-Man. <laughs> oh. Yeah, all the uh, you know, licensed stuff is like you know, if they actually put the work in it to make like a good game, uh, licensed stuff can be great, like Batman, etc. Like Spider-Man Two on PlayStation Two is a pretty awesome game. Uh, th- those kind of things. That Hulk game was pretty fun. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's real, it's real easy kind of just shortcut for not having to actually do anything if you don't want to. Well, and it's kind of like as much, I do like Marvel Heroes Online a lot. Because it's a free-to-play game that's not the least bit predatory. It's one of the most friendly free-to-play games I've ever played. It's super easy to get in there and not have to spend money. And it doesn't needle you about that. Once you've got a couple of characters going, you can earn all of it in-game. It's, it's, never, it's, it's not bothering you a lot with, with its business model, which I really I- admire. Um, but it's uh, it, it, the, the licensing stuff just feels really weird and lazy. Like Spider-Man's – one of his yeah. early abilities – is to shoot webbing like a machine gun. And that's not like that's not from any movie. I don't know if he does that in the comics, but I don't feel I just <laughs> saw the Spider-Man movie and I loved it. And there's nothing in this Spider-Man and Marvel Heroes Online that expresses what I saw in the movie. I mean, there's cool traversal animation, but why is one of my early powers to shoot a machine gun of webs? Like that just makes no sense and it's just cuz they needed to give him a ranged attack, right? Uh it's so, totally badass. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I was going to say, wait a minute. Slow down and say it uh, you know, with a little more thought. Well, here's Machine gun webs. Let me point out, it does very little damage. Oh, well, that's not very cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, all of, his, all of his stuff, it's like, hey, here's a, very, here's a ranged web attack. Like I recall in the Spider-Man games, you could wrap guys up in webs to incapacitate them, and, and it was like a crowd control thing. I don't think there's anything, at least at level, what am I, at 20 or something. I don't think Spider-Man in Marvel Heroes Online really has that because I don't think there's any provision for, hey, we're going to freeze an enemy with an animation of webs wrapped around him. I could be wrong. Uh but at any rate, it's no. Basically, my point is, it's no Agents of Mayhem. It's no Freedom Force. Um, True. Which is, I'm sure, no surprise to anyone. Yeah. Uh, Nick, have you played Pyre yet? Have you seen Pyre, the the Super Giants game? I have seen it. I have not played it yet. Do you know it's a sports game? I heard it was sporty sports. Oh. It's, it's like rugby. I don't know what the sport is, but. I'm playing it, and I'm like, wait a minute. They're tricking me into playing a sports game. I This is not working for me. You've been also playing a sports game that I've tried, and it tricks you into playing a sports game. These have never worked for me. What? How? So Blood Bowl 2, this isn't new, is it? Oh, boy. Why did so, you make that noise, McMaster? <laughs> no, no reason. No. <laughs> what? I'm probably going to wind up saying things that mirror McMaster's opinion on it. Wait, yeah. but you guys don't love this? I would think you guys are a couple of jocks who were totally into your dwarf quarterbacks or whatever. <laughs> uh, hey, man, I like the original Dwarf Fortress or uh, Blood Bowl uh, uh, board game. It's great. 
Um, and, and it's like it's not like they don't have heart, you know, <laughs> or anything. It's just the, the presentation leaves a lot to be desired a lot of the time. Put it that way. Yeah, so, I, I I think the presentation is part of it, and the other part is it, it, when it's you're. Wonky. playing i I think with somebody at a table and you're eating chips and you're swapping beers or yeah you know what like you could yell at each other and it's hilarious when dice you know go wrong which is often in blood bowl too yeah it really is i do not understand how that works you know the foundation of the game is basically trying to mitigate bad rolls because you're gonna get a bad roll that's the whole thing is built around the fact that you will get bad rolls. You're going to mess up. Your guy's going to fumble or whatever, and you'll get these bad rolls. So you try to you know, do whatever you can to kind of get around that. Um, but when you remove, I think, that live human presence, it is – it's just infuriating. <laughs> like it's not yeah. uh, engaging at all. Like it just feels terrible. What yeah. what does Blood Bowl two bring to the table? Like is is this a recent sequel or this is the one that's been out for a while? It's been so, out for a while, but they yeah, did like a legendary or something. Well, yeah. So I'm playing the pre release version of the legendary edition. And what okay. does that add to the what does that bring to the, the table that's new or different? Um so the so the legendary edition basically adds eight more races. Yeah, so you get like the big standout ones are like Amazons, vampires. Yeah, uh, I can see that. Yeah, do they add like other undead or just the? No, it's just a team of vampires. It's weird. They got a couple teams like ogres and um, elven union, which I mean, really, they just look like they took <laughs> parts of the teams that were already there and just kind of. Yeah them off onto their own team but they do have uh and i I don't even know the name of them but they're it's it's basically uh russian bears it's just a team (laughs) of dudes and they're big russian bears that sounds kind of awesome and that's pretty awesome right (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) so anyway it adds a bunch of teams uh and then there's like an eternal campaign mode which is basically just an unending team management kind of thing with it um, if you're a Blood Bowl fan, I, I think this adds quite a bit. Um, if you hate the basic concept, you're probably not going to love this. Now, this is this Cyanide? These French developers that do these? Yeah. Uh, they they've had a track record for some rough releases. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that still an ongoing issue? Uh. W- well, in this case, I don't think it's much of an issue because Blood Bowl 2, the base game, has been out for, uh, yeah, like a couple of years now. So um, it's just adding. Yeah. And I mean, you can, they have two ways. To, you can either buy the Legendary Edition when it comes out as a, you know, standalone. And then if you already have Blood Bowl, you can just buy it as like, I think, a $20 expansion or something like that. Now, is Blood Bowl something I can play asymmetrically, or do you have to go online and play live? How would I beat McMaster at Blood Bowl 2? Oh, we play asymmetric. No, you have to play live, don't you? You have to play live. Yeah, 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 because yeah, that game would take forever to play asymmetrically, actually. McMaster, I need you to be the Elven Union, and I'm going to be the Ogres. <laughs> I, I knew the Elven Union was coming back, because I, I swear to God, that sounds like a group that have opened for Hall & Oates. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, we're open. Hey, we've been Elven Union. <laughs> you definitely see it's some kind of weird hair band. Yeah, I can I can imagine that. It, it, it's so funny. They're uh, they're like the little description for the Elven Union is they're elves, but cheaper. <laughs> oh, awesome. That's they're a selling un- point. They're unionized. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, before we talk No Man's Sky, because I really – Nick has thrown himself on the grenade again for this one. I want to hear about this. Uh, do you guys know much about Tacoma, the the Fulbright uh, game, the guys that did Gone Home? Tacoma is their latest release. Do you know much about it? No. I mean I, I know it's – Exists. Yeah, it exists, and I, I know it kind of falls in that space, same right? kind of Fulbright kind of thing, right? Yeah, so it's very much um, – it's super short, which, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm always fine with that. I don't feel a game needs to be long to be good. But it's very much in the same vein as Gone Home. It's in space uh, in that you are coming into a situation after it's been resolved, and you are discovering it through little shreds of information that Fulbright lays out in a very specific order for you to discover bits and pieces at a time. Uh the tone is kind of similar to Gone Home, but whereas Gone Home was, oh, is this going to be some uh, haunted house thing? Well, there is some of that in, in Tacoma, too, but Gone Home is about a, a young woman falling in love. Tacoma is about adults grappling with their mortality. Uh, it doesn't have the, the raw surprise that I think Gone Home had because nobody quite knew what to expect, and there was a great twist. Uh, I think Tacoma wears itself on its sleeve a little bit more readily. Uh, but as far as this whole idea of telling a story with space ghosts, because a lot of games do that. You walk into a room, and the space ghosts, for whatever reason, they're holograms or ghosts, they reenact a cutscene, And you watch and you watch, and you figure out something happens, and then you go and you see another group of space ghosts. Uh, as far as telling stories with these space ghost cutscenes, they've done some really clever things, uh, and I like – yeah, I like Tacoma a lot. I like how it's more sedate and how it's more about adults grappling with mortality than this uh, sort of fun, young love excitement thing. Uh, so Tacoma, super short, uh, pretty gratifying, uh, and I recommend it. Um, real quick, does, have either of you played West of Loathing? No, but man, that artwork turns me off. Tell us about it. <laughs> I, I I haven't played it either, but I was going to say the opposite. I actually really like the artwork. I think it looks pretty fantastic. How would you describe that artwork? Stick figures. Yeah, I would describe it as a second grader had nothing better to do. So? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> I just see that stick figure stuff, and I know there's great games. There's a fantastic roguelike on the iPad that I forget the name of it, a Dreamscape yeah. or something, uh, that, that the guy obviously just couldn't be bothered to have an art budget, so he just did stick figures. Um, so so is yeah, this, is this part of Kingdom of Loathing? Yeah, yeah. Except it's Old West. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. So that's the whole. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of game is it? It's just an adventure. It's an RPG kind of thing right. where you can play all sorts of crazy classes and stuff. Yeah, you've heard of Kingdom of Loathing, haven't you, Tom? I've heard of it, but I've never played it. I don't know. I couldn't tell you anything about it other than the title. Is that also yeah. stick figures? Oh, yes. It's an insane web game, kind of. It's in the same vein as, like, Fallen London or whatever, you know, where you 
you play on you know, the web or whatever. Ah, uh, okay. That's why I haven't played it, though, but I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty famous. But, yeah, West of Loathing is yeah, for the kind of, like, I guess it looks like the enhanced version of the web game with, like, it's – but it's the Wild West. It looks pretty awesome. What kind of tone do they have? Like, are they comedic games? Are they, like, gruesome or dark or what, what sort of – they're comedic and can be pretty gruesome too, I guess. But you know, I mean, it's like it's comedic. Right. Mostly though, uh, I, I was just curious because I keep looking at it and thinking about it. But uh, you know, huh? <laughs> do just you pondering it? Yeah, yeah. Do you look at the No Man's Sky update and think about that? Yes, actually, I consider it because I like. Uh, I actually like No Man's Sky. I'm like one of the three people. So. Uh. <laughs> Well, they just got a huge update. Nick, is uh, it worth what, – what's the update, and is it worth diving back in? Uh, so the update is Atlas Rising. Um, it adds – they claim 30 hours of story content. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I have no idea how you would quantify that, but okay. Um, uh, they rejiggered a bunch of the progression systems. Uh, they kind of fixed some of the procedural stuff in the game, like, uh, you know, so hopefully you don't get so many repetitive kind of patterns, uh, on your planets. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they kind of messed with the economy. Um, and what was, they what was added their... some quality of life stuff. So what was their goal in messing with the economy and the survival stuff? Like to make it harder or easier or to, do you know? Uh, I, I think the goal was to – so if you if you played No Man's Sky the first time around early on, um, there were definitely uh, not hard gates, but there were definitely uh, like resource uh, kind of choke points. points. Yeah. yeah, where you would just hit these areas where it was like, oh, I need, you know, 50 of the bididididium and <laughs> – it would take you, you know, forever to get this stuff, and it was I just, distinctly it was recall uh, just frantically hunting for just just fifteen more zincs. Like I remember <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the goal here was to kind of smooth that out, smooth the experience out, uh, not have so many uh, hard checkpoints, and then of course uh, the the thing that kind of everybody kind of you know gave them guff for early on. Um, they kind of added a limited form of multiplayer, uh, live multiplayer, in that you can see other players now if you go to the same place as, like, the glowing orbs from Fable 2. But not massively multiplayer, right? Like, if, if – uh, or is it? Like, is there just one server, and if I go to a planet and there's 100 other people playing there, I'll see 100 orbs? No, no. Okay. It's only uh, – it like – it, it culls and okay. it will k- kind of. Uh, I think the max is sixteen. Sixteen can, people can see each other. Can those orbs interact with the environment, like do mining and building and stuff? Uh, th- so you can see them floating around, and you can see, like if they if they mess with the terrain, you can kind of see what's happening. Um, obviously, it's kind of laggy. Uh, but it, yeah, you, you do kind of see what they're doing, but it's not, uh, it's a little limited. Like if they, if they go over and they take a resource that doesn't affect your resource. Oh, well, that's weird. So it's like mining nodes in an MMO where nobody depletes it until like it's yeah. there until you grab it. Yeah. Well, that also, cause I was going to make McMaster play and gather minerals for me while I just run around and shoot stuff. So that won't work, right? That won't work. Not yet. Mm-hmm. They, uh, 
they're working on it. Uh, they say to you know they're trying to get to the path of full synchronous multiplayer. McMaster, you're off the hook for now. Thank God. <laughs> uh, and there is, of course, this wasn't added in Atlas Rising, but it was their last big update: is base building and survival modes. Yeah. Uh, d- does this Atlas Rising do anything? On those fronts, I guess with the survival mode, that would benefit a lot from the smoothing out of resource bottlenecks. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, yes. Um, I, I don't know if it does anything for the base building. Uh, other than I know a lot of people's bases got moved into crazy areas because they <laughs> they regenerated the universe. Like if you when you start the game up after Atlas Rising, if you built a base and you're you know you're in a canyon or whatever, you could go to it now and it's oh you're on top of a mountain or in a lava pit. <laughs> Uh, have you gotten to drive a buggy around? Is it cool, or have you gotten to do that? Uh, I have driven a buggy around. It's okay. Would you rather drive a buggy <laughs> around in No Man's Sky or Mass Effect Andromeda? Ooh. Wow, it's a, so it's a contest. Tough. Yeah, I, you know what? Mass Effect Andromeda. Me and McMaster, I think, defend the buggy driving in that, right, McMaster? You're, I like yeah, the buggy I, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like, I don't... I like that game a lot. I don't know. <laughs> like, the Mass Effect Andromeda was a lot of fun to me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and are you playing, Nick, on survival mode, or are you playing the baby mode where you just reload when you die? Uh, baby mode. Hmm. Baby mode. There's. A, I, I have no urge to test myself in No Man's Sky. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, And has Atlas Rising changed your regard for it at all? It's changed my regard for the development studio. I guess I admire that they keep working on it. Um, And I I certainly I give them credit for not, you know, succumbing to all the negative negativity that's kind of come their way. The game itself. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's really just nothing. I, I, I don't think there's anything in Atlas Sky or Atlas Rising that would change your opinion of the original game much. Right. Uh, I remember feeling super unfulfilled in what passed for a story in the original No Man's Sky. I didn't follow it through to the end, but I remember feeling, you know what, I'm just being jerked along here. None of this is, this isn't going anywhere. I'm just reading little shreds of some guy's sci-fi poetry that I don't care about. Uh, the story's so is that, uh, <laughs> can you tell if this, the new story stuff in, in Atlas Rising addresses that or makes that any better? No, no, it's it's more, it, it, it's more thin red line Terrence Malick just hey hey just don't kind no. of <laughs> come on come on thin red line is pretty great man I don't yeah I think you're totally selling everyone on Atlas Rising now <laughs> am I thin red thin red line is great it is. oh man yeah I mean, no if, I don't if I, you're waiting Atlas Rising great. with a Terrence Malick movie <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm not doing that <laughs> I feel like you're doing one of them an injustice and it's the movie. Uh, <laughs> but so basically the story mode still is just, hey, read my little thoughtful poetry that I got from playing sci-fi games and reading sci-fi books. Okay, now it'll take you to the next snatch of poetry. Hey, here's some poetry and there's a dude. And so it's still that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's still that kind of stuff. And you have you have the alien factions that, uh, you know, I they don't really matter. <laughs> All right, well, McMaster, I was going to have you uh, gather me some resources in no man's <laughs> I think I'm okay. I'm good for now. 
Yeah, you're set. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Besides, I have I still have to level up uh, Shahrazad. She's at nice. 19. I'm on the verge of level 20. I've got work to do. Haha, Shahrazad, you are. Wow. Wow. <laughs> First record. Whoa. Floyd. Yeah, big man, pig man. <laughs> Speaking of big men, McMaster, what difficulty level are you playing Agents of Mayhem on? Uh, whatever it suggests at the time. Uh, dude, oh. I, 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 I kicked it up once or twice, but, I, you know. Go all the way to 10. Don't be a baby. Come on, Nick. What <laughs> Just immediately. Jesus. <laughs> You'll level up faster. If you don't want to well, level up, that's There right. is that. <laughs> Nick, but, tell I mean, me you're not just doing the recommended difficulty level. Uh, I am on difficulty eight. I don't know if that's recommended or not. Just two more notches. You can do it. Oh. Come on. <laughs> just play on Inferno. What's the point? Just Once crank it up to, level, to 15. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't until you get a character to level 20. So I made uh, Rama. I was making a beeline with her, get her to level 20. Uh, and I immediately went to level 15 difficulty, oh, and God. that didn't last very long. Well, it lasted long enough for me to realize, you know, I'm wasting <laughs> my time. I'm busting I back down. I immediately went back to difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> down to 12. I'm level 12. I'm sticking there. I'm okay with 12. Not quite ready for 13, 14, or 15 yet. Just saying. Oof. How do you even keep Rama alive long enough? Don't switch, you don't switch to her. <laughs> <laughs> She's fine as long as you don't switch to her. I cannot tell you how many times I've been playing, and I'm just spazzing out, and I switch in the wrong direction, and Rama comes out, and bam, instantly dead. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I was saying. It's like, I love playing as her, but good God. She's definitely someone that you use just to engage from long range, to maybe pop in when it's safe and drop a trap, and then pop back out. But yeah, don't switch to her, and she'll stay alive just fine. That's my advice to you. I mean, so. you know, we all know who has the best ultimate, though. It's the Gat, baby. Oh, that is yeah, it is pretty yeah, good. That is good. No, pretty it is fantastic. Good. Yeah. It is good. <laughs> Trying to guess so awesome. The first uh, time it comes up, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I was so happy to see the Gat. Gat's back. You guys know about the cheat for getting rum? Not cheat, but uh, the problem with some of the mayhems is some characters build up mayhem way more quickly than others. They're like, for instance, Braddock has a really cool mayhem ability to call in this like laser satellite artillery strike with her cigar. But I rarely get enough mayhem built up for her to actually use that. Whereas Oleg or Yeti, yeah, mayhem like every thirty seconds, like mayhem. Yeah, mayhem. one hundred percent. That is the craziest thing I've noticed about him. It's like I switched to him. I was, it, it's that beam. It's like constant. It just constantly it's streams. The mayhem it. hose, exactly. Yeah, and then Where, his special comes up pretty quick too, and that does a ton of like damage yep. too. Yep, and you can you can change that with various gadgets to make him get to that more quickly. But uh, <laughs> so the, the problem with Rama is I never get her mayhem up because she's never out constantly enough. So. One of the ways you get mayhem is using your special ability. So if you just right. run around with Rama and drop traps a couple of times, each trap basically gives her oh, yeah. probably around 20% mayhem. Just drop five traps. you got to wait through the cooldown time, but you can set her up with full mayhem before going into an engagement. And for me, that's not a cheat. For me, that's just her uh, setting traps for Legion. Like That's her you know, making the city safer for people. Oh, and – 
just as a an aside, uh, the Yeti skin I'm using. Do you guys uh, have you guys recognized the uh, the digital or whatever the, whatever edition skin pack it is? Like the Yeti skin. Do you know what it's from? Uh, I I just I've been using Fuzzy Yeti, so I don't. Which one is Th- that? Thunder Beast, the gray one. Is that it's, what? Yeah, I don't know the name. Thunder. It's from Thundercats. One of the main characters of that cartoon. But I, I probably am just in the exact perfect age range for Thundercats. <laughs> you approve of having a, a Yeti Thundercat? Yeah, there's a, a there is a character that is from the Thundercat. There's a skin that's from the Thundercats. Wait, is that the gray fuzzy one? Yeah, well, yeah, the gray one with the lighter gray on the like on the inside. It, like the name of it's like Thunder Beast, but it's like Panther. It's like Panthro or whatever. His Doesn't name it give was. it like a vaguely cat-like face too? Like yes. it's doing, yeah, yeah, I do have that. I was wondering why are they making it yeah. look like a, like a crow or a cat or something? Yeah. <laughs> It cracked me. I was like, I was thinking, yes, I bet Tom does not know what that is at all, so I should probably say something. But You're like, absolutely right. Did not know, and I now understand why he's got a little cat face. All right, good. Well, I like it even better now, McMaster, so there. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't understand some of the other references. Of course, you know, the Magnum P.I. Gat, naturally, but <laughs> that's the one I want the most. Oh, Have you guys God. seen the Amelia Earhart little adorable outfit for Fortune? Yes. Oh, that's uh, so cute! I, now I want to use Fortune all the time. Fortune's so awesome too. Like yeah. her abilities are great. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. her, uh, I love her pistols. I like the uh, boost mode to them. They're pretty rad. Um, but yeah, she's really great. Master, I'll just say this: she's no Shahrazad. <laughs> you guys will see. When you guys get to that point, you'll probably be sending me emails. You'll be alt tabbing out as soon as you can, sending me emails saying, "Tom, you were right." <laughs> I'll probably wind up sending one that says Tom Scheherazade doesn't air hump her sword. That's true. You know that would be a bad time for that we know soul. of. That we know of. We don't know. <laughs> one of her character traits is she treats her swords like children. So no, she does not air hump her children. Nick Diamond. Yeah, that would be weird gross, and Nick. freaky. Yeah. <laughs> but... You know, I was thinking when we were going to talk about our favorite agents. Yeah, because um, there are twelve. There's thirteen of them in the game with the yeah. uh, downloadable with the DLC. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I was thinking it's, it's going to be a difficult to choose, uh, but it's not a Sophie's choice because she only had to choose between two. Yeah, yeah, right. It's between thirteen. Sophie had it easy, so this is not. This is harder than a Sophie's choice. Yeah, but she gets to keep. You get to keep three though. Sophie only got to keep one. Yeah, but she only had two to choose from. Like, it's super right. easy. If you've only got two, it's just, well, you know. What you if they're both lovable? What if it was Shahrazad and Daisy? Well, that's the thing. 13 lovable <laughs> characters versus two lovable children. It's well, harder to pick amongst the 13 lovable. Well, 12 lovable. in Hollywood. And then- yeah, right. <laughs> let's, let's not go crazy. No one's picking Hollywood. <laughs> in the world, there's a Trump voter who's totally on board with Hollywood. This, uh, it's, listen, that would be Sophie's easiest choice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, thanks so much for participating in this week's podcast by sitting in the the audience of the courtroom during our QT3 yes. court. We'll be continuing this. Next week is actually a board gaming podcast. So if you're not into board gaming, you'll be able to skip that. But we'll be back the week after with new uh, courtroom proceedings. So join us for that. Uh, And thanks a lot for listening. Cheers.
was a man who 